Here we go, episode 59 of the Hibs Ramble. We're back to Fantastic Four. Myself, John and Mark are joined by the returning Liam, the newly married Liam. Hello, How everybody. You, Very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How was your honeymoon? Oh, it was, it was absolutely lovely. It was very hot. Um, and I've come back dripping in Fakestone Island. Yeah, um, <laughs> the fact that you've enjoyed yourself has just immediately put a dampener on the rest of my Monday, so cheers for that. <laughs> uh, Mark, how are you? Good, mate. Good. I've, I've just retrieved my phone and wallet, which I lost on Saturday, so I am a relieved slash happy man. I didn't even ask. Did you even manage to get into Club T or... No, I was wearing a Leaf 7 jacket. Oh. I was wearing a Leaf 7 jacket and he said, is that Hibs gear? I went, no, it's Leaf 7. And he went, what are you wearing under it? So I unzipped it and I had a hip stop on and he was like, nah, fuck off. I was like, all right. <laughs> and Sean, how was your weekend, mate? Aye, good. Ruined by 90 minutes at Easter Road. Uh, but apart from that, aye, it was a good one. And you've had a fresh trim for the Monday pod, which we absolutely <clears> love <throat> to see. Yeah, looking forward to my... My adventures in the next week and a bit, so I'm excited. Hey, what have you got for the next week and a bit? We're on holiday. We're on holiday for six days on Thursday. Travelling Italy. Can't wait. Which has nothing to do with the background at the moment, is all I'm saying. Oh no, that looks like a very iconic landmark. Um, is that not in Newcastle? Uh, if you want to see what it is, maybe you should come over to the, the YouTube channel and have a look and have a guess. Yeah, taking in any Serie soccer on your travels? Uh, unfortunately not. Um, I've been overruled two to one because it's actually a trip for my mum's sixth death. Um, although we do have Friday, uh, we do have Sunday free, so it would be a real shame if we ended up in a city that's got a game on at that time. Yeah, and I'm sure, given the soccer connoisseur that you are, you'll manage to navigate yourself into the vicinity of a stadium showing live soccer? There's um, there's options that I have explored, but um, the other two that are attending the trip are unaware of that at the moment. Get yeah, and let's hope it stays that way while this uh, <clears throat> episode is published. Now, we'll jump quickly on to Saturday. Um, I'm just going to say that the highlight of my day was seeing that uh, Mark was sat next to a senior... McLennan at the game and that sort of warmed my heart a little bit knowing that Colin was just sitting on his own decked in super dry gear no doubt but <laughs> not on his own um, Aye Mark piss poor game puffed and puffed but um, didn't manage to blow the door down by the end of it Aye unfortunately I think it started seemed a bit of a glum Afternoon at Easter Road, which started with the starting lineup. To be honest, with uh, I think the the biggest controversy controversy slash negativity in the comments was uh, Hanlon and Stevenson starting, which just blows my mind a little bit about just how negative the reception was when when they started the game, and it just seemed like that negativity kind of followed us a little bit. Um, atmosphere was. You, you know, a little bit glum. The, the afternoon itself was a little bit glum, and then the first half was similar to the first half against St Mirren. We had a lot of the ball, we had a lot of possession, but we just really weren't bringing it up the park as much as we should have. And um, again, we were 
fortunate not to go one 0 down. Hadn't it been for a, a good save from Marshall? Yeah, no, I agree. Sean did. Just touching on the team lineup for a second, I thought Hanlon actually played really well um, on Saturday. I don't think that I, I know that Rocky has his detractors, but he's he's kind of steadily improved since <coughs> Montgomery's been in the door. Um, but Hanlon came back in and was was class. But one area I thought we did struggle was with Stevenson. Um, I don't know if it's the fact that he's not really played much recently or is it just his legs maybe starting to catch up with him, but I thought a lot of our potential positive play down the left-hand side was a bit stagnant due to Stevenson, whether taking an extra touch or turning in field when he didn't have to or turning back. Um, do you think it was just rustiness or do you think it's it's just maybe just catching up with him a wee bit? Um, I don't even know if it's either those things I think it might just be a case of him trying to adapt to maybe what Monty's asking him as well I think I think that'll play a part Stevenson's always unfortunately slowed down attacks um, when we've got into the final third and he's maybe cutting on back on his left foot and then have to go back or played a pass that's maybe not been the, be- the better option out of the two um, Rustiness might certainly play a part because, like you said, he's not played in a while or been bit part in a while. Hanlon has played really, really well. Um, whenever he's been called upon in the three games or four games, whatever, however many it is now for Monty, uh, four, I think. So, yeah, I think for me, we'll need, and maybe that's why Monty's trying to work out what his best, not system, but his best shape is looking like at the back and what his best personnel are and playing together um, because it may well be what you were saying about Stevenson um, but you are right in what you're saying when we're going forward you know in typical old fashion he would slow it down a little bit whereas on the other side we're you know, a bit, I don't want to say cutthroat because obviously it finished nil-nil but we were certainly a bit more clinical in our decision making down the right hand side. Yeah Liam that's <clears throat> probably one of the best performers since Montgomery's came in as Jimmy Jago and I thought Jago again had I thought he was the best player in the park on on Saturday. I think the the partnership between him and Newell is working really well. But there just seems to be like Jago's actually playing with his head up and looking forward a lot more now. Like there was a couple of times where he's played the ball <coughs> in quite dangerous areas and even can hilariously enough attempted an overhead kick <laughs> on on Saturday, I know we, I know it's kind of a wee bit of a running joke that we are sort of the Jimmy Jago fan club, but the partnership between him and Newell, um, you can tell, is getting stronger and stronger week by week. Yeah, and I think I think it helps as well the fact that Montgomery knows Jago, he knows what his capabilities are, what his limitations are, so you know he's he's not expecting him to do something that he's not capable of, of doing. And I think that, that I mean that player's always been there. And it's definitely been it's definitely been helped by when, you know, Nick Montgomery's come in. But no, they, they have made a, an incredible partnership so far in Monty's time. I've not seen a lot of us actually since um, since Monty came in. I've been very busy uh, in my weekends. So I've not actually seen an awful lot of Monty's hibs. But from what I'm hearing and reading on social media you know, and, and anywhere else, it seems to me that, that Jago is, is, you know, 
having a bit of a face turn and in the in the eyes of some some supporters so you know long may that continue and you know, I've said for ages that Jago's a player so hopefully um hopefully he just kicks on and keeps keeps going yeah no I agree I think there's one area that could potentially hinder Newell and Jago in terms of the system that we're playing but we'll get onto that when we go to talk about uh, the Hearts game another player Sean just before we kind of move on to that I want to touch on that now he's got an extended run in the team um, as Lewis Miller. Um, obviously, he was completely in and out of the team last season. Um, nobody, you know, for that sort of year, nobody really seen much of him. No one's really heard much of him either. Um, but in the last sort of five, six weeks, you know, since they've managed to, you know, invest a little way for Delphiria for some reason why he was putting it right back. He's really... Especially with Adam being out, I think the last few weeks he's really started to cement his place in the in the first team. And it's good, I think, for the supporters to be seeing more of him in that light as well. Yeah, I felt quite bad for him at the weekend because in comparison to the two or three games previous or the European games, it certainly wasn't his best game. But um, I will say, just before you go on, I will say I thought by maybe about 70 minutes he looked absolutely like knackered. It's no wonder the amount he was running, yeah. he was up yeah. and down the park constantly. So I'm not surprised he was knackered. Yeah. He has been, he has been that one constant in the side um, throughout the whole season so far under Lee Johnson and now under Monty. Um, to his benefit, Monty's obviously going to know how we get a tune out of him. Lewis himself has spoke about how much Monty's brought him on and how the two of them kind of work really well together. Um, I now find myself rolling my shorts up and walking about everywhere to show everyone my thighs um, <laughs> and dedication to his cause. Um, but now nah, he's, he's, he's been really, really good this season. And I think it's maybe just a bit more of fatigue rather than anything else this week um, or to the tail end of last week, which maybe hindered his game because there was a few times on Saturday where in games earlier on in the season, he would have picked up the ball and he would have, you know, drove forward a bit faster or a bit earlier Um or maybe been further up the park to help in the attacks, whereas he was he was still doing that at the weekend, but it was a bit slower and it slowed the pace down. And instead of sometimes driving forward, they would play it back into Marshall or they would play it back in the middle of the park instead. And again, that's probably just because he's put so much into the last couple of weeks. Um, but I don't think that'll be an issue come the weekend because of the magnitude of the game. No, you're right. And I think you'll probably be glad of the week off not, obviously not the week off because he'll be training. Um, but uh, here's hoping he's, uh, he's nice and rested up. He spends his evenings just chilling back, relaxing. In good company. And I'm sure he will. In good company, right? And we'll hopefully see him back to his best on Saturday. I don't think there's too much point in touching on the front sort of four, five that we've got. It was just one of those days where we could have had, we could have been still playing now and chances are we probably wouldn't have scored. I didn't think we created anything that was incredibly clear-cut, no. but anything that we did create that was sort of maybe a half chance. Um, I know Lewis had a header that went, I think a free header that went over the bar, which is probably one, but it was clear for the start, I think, that Carson was on his game, and it was going to take something pretty pretty special to beat him. So. It was a half-decent goal in him, Carson. Yeah. So he, done, just, he made a couple, there was a save... I think it was in the first half, but I think it was Dylan Venti. It was a, a header, 
right, like it was similar to Lewis Miller's goal, you know, it was that sort of looping cross and it went to the sort of back post. Then he came in and I think he should have done what Lewis Miller did and headed that against the ground and let it bounce. But yeah. he's put it straight, sort of straight across and the goalies, I mean, it was point blank and it was kind of at a good height at him, but it was still a brilliant save. So uh, you can't yeah. take Martin, by the way, and Marshall made a couple of tremendous saves as well. Yeah, I think that's interesting to point out as well that since Montgomery's came in, that Marshall seems to be a lot more comfortable now as well. In terms of, you know, he's potentially in the past, like I a couple of the chances that Dundee had, he would have maybe switched off, there maybe would have been a lapse in concentration, but he seemed to be switched on for the entire 90. Um, and to be fair, credit to Dundee as well. I think a lot of people thought with him coming up would be whipping boys and especially with Tony Docherty getting his first job, with a thought, well, that's they're a cert to go back down, but <clears throat> are they are they nice on the eye to watch? Not, would I want to spend money watching that every week? Not, but they're defended, they defended in a flat five. And I think it's difficult for any team to try and get between the lines of a defence. It's just so, like, with guys like Ricky Lamy and Joe Shaughnessy, six foot two, six foot three defenders who just love to head the ball. So... I, I thought that Beck, that, that fullback Beck, I thought he was tremendous. I thought he had a brilliant game going forward as well. He looked quite dangerous at times. I thought he was. Yeah, he was on loan for Liverpool, I think. Is he? And I thought, I think you're right. He did keep, he kept uh, Boyle relatively quiet, um, and then also Ellie when they switched wings, he kept Ellie quiet as well. Um, but you just, it's just one of those games where I think when you look, you think you try and take the positives out of it. We're still. Unbeaten under Montgomery, I think that's what three wins and two draws in the last five league games. Another clean sheet as well, which we were toiling for at the start of the season. Um, fans as well, I think fans booing at half time and full times a bit of a piss take. I don't agree with that at all. I don't know what some folk are expecting. I actually posted something on .net because uh, people just ranting and raving about Gier being shite. And it was like, look at the context of everything, like the way he was treated last year, etc. But some fans are just for the way that they are. <clears throat> but I didn't, I didn't necessarily agree with the booing uh, at half time and at full time, given what Montgomery's actually trying to create. And it was no, no, but it's so beat. I know it's, it was, it was one of those weird, weirdly no entertaining nil nils, but. You didn't. I didn't. I didn't come away for that game on Saturday thinking, "Oh, for fuck's sake, Cubs!" That I came. For, I came away for that game on Saturday, kind of being like, "That was just one of those. It's just one of those games." And I'd rather have one of those games now than later on in the season when we've got about our system. We're on Saturday anyway. Yeah, talking of Saturday, obviously, Park, Pinecastle, Hearts away. Um, they finally seem to have sorted out their who done it managerial situation. It was one of those like Scooby Doo reveals where they pull their hat off and it turns out Naismith's pulling his own mask off. Um, how are you feeling going into Saturday? I'm always the same before going to Tincastle, to be honest. It doesn't matter how good hearts are, how good we are, how shite they are, how shite we are. I'm never confident going to Tincastle. It's a horrendous place to play football. The pitch is tiny, the fans are on top, yeah. The grass is too long. Their fans are mean. It's just there's there's a lot of things that the fans are ugly. Aye, the, 
it's just never easy and I'm never confident going there. I think um, I'm a lot more confident under Montgomery than I would have been if Lee Johnson had still been in charge, not going to lie. And I, I don't, I honestly, there's nothing to fear. I don't think Hearts are brilliant. I think actually we've got a better team than them. It's just, can we handle the pressure? Can we handle going to Tyne Castle in a big moment? And I think for me, this is Montgomery's real first real test. I know that obviously every game he's played so far hasn't been easy and he's had a real difficult game against St Mirren and you know he's he's passed with flying colours on that one but for me this is the first time we've played you know a real big game in his tenure and it'll be interesting to see how he approaches it how he sort of you know calms the players and stuff like that and and just what he gets out of them um but look if he gets a win he's a you know automatic hero so it's a big moment for him and it'll be interesting to see how it goes yeah Liam would you make any changes for Saturday um let me just check what the lineup was on Saturday there I think wait was it Jago Jago Newell in midfield eh yeah we're boiling you and wide with the uh, and Dylan Venti up top I don't know and about you Fish Hanlon Stevenson was about four I don't know about you, but the only change in that starting eleven would surely be Stevenson for a beater. Yeah, I would think so. Because Paul Paul Hanlon, and this is what I was going to say about fans moaning about um, Paul Hanlon being in the starting lineup. Paul Hanlon is ten times better than Rocky. So what's the alternative? Drop Paul Hanlon and bring in Rocky. And by the way, this isn't me slating Rocky, but Hanlon is much better than Rocky. So why would we drop Paul Hanlon to bring in a worse player? No, I think I think no. You're absolutely right. The only change I would make is Stevenson out for Obita. I think Obita is really, really good. I, I really like um, the dynamic that he gives. I think we've finally found someone who can maybe keep Stevenson out of the team. Um, and I, I, I genuinely think if we go with that 11, uh, Stevenson off Obita on, then you know the game's there for the taking, really. When you think about it, it really is. No, I would, I would tend to agree with you, um, Sean. Looking at sort of the the two of us so far this season, Hearts have only got one win at home in their three home league games. Uh, they've played seven, scored five, conceded three, thrown ten points. We've played seven, scored eleven, conceded ten, are on eight points. Looking at that, is it going to be a case of if we keep it tight at the back? And it clicks for us moving forward. Then it's there's only going to be one outcome. Um, I would say yes, uh, which feels really strange to say going into a derby because similar to Mark, I'm well certainly at the beginning of the week. I'm never confident, regardless of whether they are fighting relegation and we are top half, or whether it's the other way about. Um, I'm not even quietly confident for this weekend. I think I think we'll win, and. I think it'll be by two goals. So <laughs> I'll go I'll happily go out there and say it now. Um don't Sean, have, please. I do, I do. Um I've watched because I've not been able to make uh, as many Hibs games this season so far and my perfectly legal stream not streaming properly. Um I've watched quite a bit of the Hearts games and stuff like and like that as well and a lot of the teams that they come up against when the team that they're facing is structured properly and have got a, a good solid foundation at the back 
and tactically are aware and positionally are aware, Hearts have struggled to break sides down, even home and away. They've got this whole issue playing away from home, but and it's normally their home form that's really strong. Whereas it seems to be the other way about so far this season, where they have really struggled to break to break sides down at Tincastle. And just, I think it's a mixture of everything of the fixtures that I've seen them in and what I've seen from Monty pre-Hibs and what I've seen from, you know, Hibs since Monty's came in. <laughs> I only see one winner, if I'm being really honest. And that's, for me, that's extremely rare to be that confident and, and come out and say it. But I don't know, I just, I've got this funny feeling that, and also because I can't make it, it would be Sod's Law that the one time I can't make it to Dincastle all the way, we go and get the victory. And I just think that, I don't think we'll change shape. I think it will be the same side, but I think it'll be a beater that will come in. Um, I think it will be a very KJ start. I think it'll actually be Hearts that will try and start fast and try and put pressure on us because it's Montgomery's first derby um, and they'll try and like make the occasion take over rather than anything else. And I think unless we catch a goal early or we nullify that and stay solid at the back, I genuinely think that we'll get a goal either side at time, and, and I think that could potentially be it. You ken what they're like, though. They're always up for it, especially at Tynecastle against yeah. us. And you know what we're like at Tynecastle. I remember. Well, that shouldn't that be a very pony. You know what we're like. Like I've, I, I've just got full back, and Monty's. I trust Monty with my life, so I'm, I'm giving him my life. My life will be in his hands on uh, at the Would weekend. Would you trust Monty with your missus? No, but I, I trust him with my life. I remember feeling this confident before a derby and it was the last time I felt that confident uh, was the last game before COVID. And oh, they'd only won two games all season. I think they only ended up winning four games all season and two of the win. wins were against us. So I think the only time that I've been really properly confident the only time I've been really properly confident for a game against Hearts and like actually believe that because I always say I'm confident, but I'm never actually that confident. But the time I've been, well, I was proper confident was the the game that we beat them three one in the cup. Yeah, yeah. The second the the return fixture because we, we drew nil nil at tiny. Eh. Six and a half years ago. Yeah, never that was in my the, life have I been confident going into think I think because long. I'm not going to be in the country either. I think from a fan's perspective, that's already taken like the weight off off me. So I'm not dreading going. I'm not dreading the pre-match. I'm not dreading seeing the team selection. Like I'm going to be out all day. Like I won't. I won't even catch any of the match. I'll just have my notifications on. Don't get me wrong. Like if Hearts take the lead within two minutes, I'll look at my phone and be like, Ah, well, there we go. Fucking no surprise there. We're at Tincastle, typical Hibs. But that being said, I've just I don't know. Just got a feeling you're going to be too busy eating pizza and stuff. Was it Saturday? Yeah. It's still three o'clock, isn't it? Saturday three o'clock. I will, I'll be at the pop's house. Me and the pop will be watching it. Like Frankie. He'll be supporting Hibs. Better if he's got his drum out joining in the chants for the back. And um, Mark, just because you said it right, we've been the biggest uh, sort of test of his managerial career at Hibs so far. One area that worries me is. Ironically, the thing that sort of served us so well is his system, and that he seems so set on the two banks of four with two up top. 
I just think that for the we're actually going to be so the, the teams that we've played so far don't really have a lot of technically gifted players on their side that are able to sort of cut through that and make advantage of sorry take advantage of the gaps that we leave because we do leave sort of big spaces in the middle of the park <clears throat> depending on where the ball is and they've got without giving them too much credit obviously players like Barry Mackay with him what he can do that Lowry's all right as well. Um, do you think that it could be, I don't, know, I don't know what to say, stubbornness, but would you make any tweak to the system at all? I'm not meaning from like to, we should know, obviously they should worry about what we can do, not vice versa, but do you feel like the 442 is the right system if you're going into against them at Tynecastle, given that, like I said, especially as well, even players like Shanklin, even if he starts up front, he can drop and play between the lines and sort of draw midfielders in areas they don't want to be, centre-halves in areas they don't want to be? I think that I don't, the shape doesn't worry me too much, but I do think that Montgomery will adapt to Hearts and adapt to Tynecastle. I think, you know, him, I think he'll use David Gray quite a lot to understand, you know, what it's like to play at Tynecastle, because obviously David Gray's had, you know, experience both coaching and playing. I think he will make some tweaks. What The one thing in terms of, a, I guess, a tactic that he does that we kind of know of now, he gets the centre-half to take the by kick to the goalkeeper, the full-backs kick on and the centre-half split. I would be worried if we do that against uh, Hearts at Tyncastle because it's such a small pitch. I would imagine they'll have clocked that over the last few weeks and they'll press quite a lot knowing that David Marshall can get uncomfortable, especially if we play Rocky. If we play Rocky and we have the centre-half splitting and Marshall potentially passing balls out to Rocky, if they press that a couple of times, we'll make a mistake. Absolutely, I could, I'd could, i put my life on it that we'll either David Marshall, Rocky or whoever else will make a mistake and we'll get punished for it. So the shape doesn't bother me too much, but I just hope he adapts some of these tactics that he's used um, because we're not going to get... 65% possession again like we have the last couple of weeks so I just hope that you know he does make some small tweaks but I'm fine with a 4-4-2 I'm a big advocate for a 4-4-2 formation it's simple it's basic but in Scottish football it gets the job done as long as we do when it comes to a derby I know it sounds quite cliche but it's about who runs more who wins the second balls who wins their headers the individual battles and things like that and then whoever's got the most quality will pop up in the end with just that one moment. So if we get those things right and we just make a few tactical tweaks, then I'm confident we can get it done. Yeah, I think the that sort of battle in the midfield is going to be key. If Jago and Newell are on it for minute one, then that's, that's where we'll win the game. Because if they're winning their battles in the middle, it'll give players like Elian... Oil confidence out in the wings. Venti, I think, has, uh, depending on who he goes with, but I think he might go for Dodge with this one just for his his physicality because he's got the sort of size to trouble whatever fucking gutter they've got playing at centre half. I don't even know who they're, who they've got that, they've got that uh, football factory wannabe, haven't they? Kent, Kent, yeah, um, Kent and uh, Kai Rose, which don't. Kent's got. Yeah, so, and played quite well this season, but Kai Rose doesn't bother me at all. That Rose is a shame. 
Absolutely. Montgomery's going to know Kai Rolls' weaknesses. Well, that I mean, think of the, the game that we won last season when Nisbet scored. Nisbet absolutely fucking ragdolled. So if Nisbet's going to ragdoll him, I reckon Dodge will, Dodge will be able to do it. Um, in terms I think of, Adam Lafondra is a good shout, though, as well, because he's played in games of this magnitude for, for his game, whole career. For game awareness and game smartness, I'd go Adam instead. I just think for the physicality side of it, um, I think Dodge might be a better shout. Even though I do think that Dodge this season has been better and more effective coming off the bench than starting. Um, I think either or is a good is a good option. To be honest, I don't think that there's a poor option. Yeah, up top. no, we've got. We spoke about this last week that we've got, you know, a, a really good bank of attackers in terms of all, across the board with all five of them. Um, just, Liam, in terms yeah, of just, sorry, just touching on your shape, just in case you're about to move on for it. I think what I would try and reassure you anyway about the the shape aspect of it is Hearts are kind of playing in a four four two anyway. And have been for the majority of the season. It looks like the majority, the majority of the time, their number or so-called number ten, is either being up alongside Shanklin's or Shanklin's being in beside the number ten and been dropping deep, very similar to what we're doing. So normally, I would be considering a derby getting overrun in midfield because they would flood the midfield with the bodies. Whereas in recent games, Hearts haven't necessarily been doing that, or they have to an extent where both their strikers have been dropping or both their attackers and leaving their their wider players higher and wide. Whereas what I've noticed from us anyway is Jago and Newell will sit a lot deeper rather than either being split either side and one higher up and one lower and it allows our wingers to come inside and basically be like a 4-2-2-2. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I think that on that narrow park will play in our hands as well and, and I think having the style that Nick has with that could benefit playing in a narrow field as well. Do you, Liam, do you think that Fan opinion will be forever shaped dependent on the result on Saturday because we've seen what happened to Johnson last season. Um, obviously, we can talk about the, everything else that led up to it, but you know, I think it's always it's always hard for a Hibs manager to come back from a defeat at Tynecastle, and especially like I said, if we've been hearing booze and that already. Do you think that a lot of Hibs fans will? make their mind up on Montgomery regardless of the outcome on Saturday. Like if so what I'm trying to say is if we get beat it'll be like, oh, he's another one, he's shite. But if we win, they won't allow them like some folk won't allow themselves to get too high on them. They'll still just be kind of middle ground about it. I think so. Uh, I think that would happen with any manager that we had. You know, if if we if we get beat on Saturday then I think there'll probably quite rightly be frustration. You know, it's a high intense, uh, high octane game. So if we get beat, then the emotions are going to be, you know, through the roof. People are probably going to say things that they don't mean about Lee, uh, Lee Johnson, about Nick Montgomery, about the players, about the style of play and stuff like that. But then exactly like you said, like if, if we win, then, you know, it goes completely the other way and we're heading for the Champions League next year. So yeah. I think... If, yeah, I think he, some fans will probably make their mind up on Saturday. But I don't think that you should because 
he'll be what five games in. Give the boy time, give him a chance. He's you can you can see what he did last year at the Mariners with a modest budget, and you know not one of the favourites to go through and win the grand final. So listen, the the boys obviously got a little bit about him more than what we've had in the last few managers. I would I would probably go on record and say so. I think uh, even if we get beat on Saturday, which I don't think we will, just get behind them, make him time. Mark, do you think a win is more important given the rest of the month we've got after that? Because it's obviously it's not just, you know, typically after a derby, you would go into a game against a Motherwell or a St Mirren or Kilmarnock, something like that. But we've got Hearts, then Rangers, then Celtic. That's a, that's the next fixtures. Do you not think we need three points to go into? Because let's be fair, the, uh, depending on when whether Rangers have a manager in place or not, neither of those have been great shakes this season. Especially Celtic. Celtic took eight. They've been. I know they've been stopping digging out results, but they've really been relatively poor in terms of their performances. Do you not think three points is could be vital for us to have a really really successful October? Yes and no. Um, I think for me, every derby is just it's the derby. You don't think about the league games after that. The only time where I can think that you know league position has been really vital was the end of last season because obviously the winner of that you know got you know pipped on the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for for me, it's always just the derby that matters. It's the bragging rights. It's beating hearts. Like I don't really care if we are a hundred points ahead of them or a hundred points behind them. It's the the derby is what's important. But in saying that, yeah, obviously it would be good to pick up a little bit of form going into two really tough games against the old firm. And with it being so early in the season, you know, the league is really congested at the moment. So it'd be nice because obviously you would expect that. Are we going to get anything out of those games? Maybe you could say, you know, Rangers have just sacked their manager. Celtic haven't been at their very best. So there is a chance. But eight times out of ten, we're, we're going to lose against the old firm. So it's important just to get the three points on the board so that your Aberdeens and whatnot, you know, don't overtake us. And, you know, we can still kind of keep touching distance to your Motherwells and St Mirrens and Hearts. Yeah, no, I agree. And we'll leave our predictions as always until Saturday, even though Sean's already said it's going to be by two goals. I can, I know I usually say I'm not telling you until Saturday and I think Mark and Liam will join me in that given their reaction to you saying it's going to be a comfortable one. <laughs> I'm going to gauge my emotions now will be completely different come Saturday, so I understand. Um, Right, Sean, we'll go with you first then. What's uh, moving on to your favourite derby at Tynecastle? I think this has probably been done a death a thousand times, but it's always nice to to unlock the memory box and and talk about famous derby wins or famous derby moments. So, what's what if you pick one? What's your what's been your favourite? Horgan's. Horgan's Derby. Uh, there are another couple, but I'll see if you've mentioned them, and then if not, we can do honourable mentions. But for me, because I was in the front row, or the front two rows, because there's loads of pictures of me mid-celebration with Horgan doing the slide in front of me, which I will continue to use that picture at every possible opportunity, and it is my wallpaper and has been since about two days after the game. Um, coming from behind, the quality of the goals, especially the, the video where Horgan chipping for it for Stevie Mallon, you can hear that. Um, the sound of it hitting the back of the net. 
fact that I came head to head with Louis Stevenson in the celebrations, it was, aye, there's for me nothing. I'll, I'll be that. Just sel- that's just selfish at this point, Sean. Yeah, very selfish, selfish reasons. Liam, you've just recently made fantastic memories of your own um, that none of us actually really care about, in fairness. But what's been your favourite Castle? Well, we do. We care for Megan because I'm sure it's great for her. But for you, we couldn't care less. Um, what's been your favourite Castle memory? I've only seen us win there once, and it was um, the Ross Caldwell game. So I'm going to have to say the Ross Caldwell game because... Every other time I've been, we've, we've never won. That's the only time I've seen us win there. Um, aye, so I'll say I'll say the Ross Caldwell game because it was absolute limbs. And like Sean, I was in the front row. But no, I'm not going to go on about it. No, I'm not going to post pictures of it every every fucking week. Embarrassing, gimp. Because you've not got any, though. I mean, you're really yeah, that's, true, that's absolutely true. That is exactly why I'm not doing it. And finally, you, Mark, what's your favourite? Uh, Ross Caldwell, without a doubt. I was actually right at the back. I wasn't at the front, unfortunately. But we had to be Tyne Castle sandwich. That was um, that was, I think, one of my first derbies as well. It was certainly the first derby that I'd seen us win, and um, that was just unbelievable. I mean, the Lee Griffiths goal, like, came from behind. We were one 0 down at halftime, even though we were quite good. Lee Griffiths with possibly one of the best free kick goals I've ever seen in my life, if not the best. And then, you know, I would have probably taken a point, but Ross Caldwell with, by the way, another peach of a goal on what, the 90th minute or something? It was very, very late in the game to get the 2-1 win. And, you know, we'd had an awful record against them in those years because we were absolutely shy. It was the season before we went down and all that. And um, it was just absolute bedlam. So good. It was unreal, eh? I'm going to say something controversial for that Griffiths goal that if Jamie McDonald's a competent goalie and stands on or near his line, that doesn't go in. Mate, it's a fucking beauty. It's top bins. Yeah, it's not. Watch it back. It's not top bins at all. Nah. It completely dips over. Mark, I'm, 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 I'm with you. Mark, I'm with you. It's top it's bins. It's a good goal. It's a great goal. I feel quite blessed. In that, well, I say blessed, but since I started going in '97, I've only missed two derbies at Tynecastle. I don't think that's a blessing, though. I think so. I've seen all the decent. I've seen like certainly this generation's wins. Um, Millennium Derby was class, like because that was my first proper memory. I must have been what, so that was what 1999. So I was eight. That was good. That was in a proper spell for us. Um, but I think the obvious one, the two-two game, I just. Fuck! I've never experienced scenes like that in my life. Like it was just fucking limbs. And I've said this but before. Equalizer as well. It's the only. It's the only time I've managed to end up in the row behind. <laughs> celebrating. I don't know. Can physically. Uh, is physically is that the right word? Physical. Oh, well. Yeah. Like how how the laws of physics determine that when everybody goes forward, I somehow went back. Um, some would argue I'm good at pushing back, but that's another matter. <laughs> um, aye, that one, that one for the scenes for me, I think, and because I think, obviously, if we hadn't have done what we done, went and done that year, it probably wouldn't mean the same. Um, but aye, that was good. Again, Horgan one was good. The Boyle Boyle one was decent, but a bit flat because it happened so <laughs> early. Um, although the 
Uh, singing hearts are going down to Christmas tunes is always good. Um, we've had a few in for folk that listen. Uh, clearly, uh, Liam, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to call him out. Colin McLennan. Um, I, I, text, I text him about this. I Colin, text him about this. And the question I mean, that's is, what's been your favourite derby at Tynecastle? And he's replied, we are unbeatable. Liam's first derby, Boozy and O'Connor. Now, I might be lying here, but I'm fairly sure that was not at Tynecastle. It was and not it was actually, in fact, at Easter Road. So, it absolutely Colin, was. Um, we love you dearly, but the next question you ask is getting roundly ignored. We will well, not I, te- I texted him about this earlier on, right? And I said, I must have missed that one at Tynecastle with a screenshot. And he, he went, I should really read the question. I had that reply typed out. Uh, like, oh, I missed that one being at t- but then I felt, nah, I'm not going to shame him. We shame him too much. So I was like, I'll also, just send a reply Sean, with the picture. Sean, I also think you've replied with the wrong picture. Nah, Boozy and O'Connor, I Googled it yeah, to make sense. Yeah, but that looks like Easter Road's in daylight, and it wasn't, it was at night. So the one, that one comes up when you search the victory with O'Connor and Boozy. I've got two pictures next to it. I've got the one with Boozy as the ball's hitting the back of the net. Yeah. Then he goes towards the away stand, not the away stand, sorry, the, the east stand. And then that's... It's the light, it's the light. That, 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 that's just semantics anyway, Sean. I'm not doubting you for a second. Sorry. Um, I'd hit him, Sean, to be fair. No, it's, hey, if it's, if it's wrong, it's came up on the, the search engine, not necessarily me, so it's all good. Uh, the next one is from Harvey Scott, uh, the Horgan Derby, 100% if we aren't going for the 2-2. And there you can see him with his wee beanie hat and his scarf around his neck and his arms up there. He looks so cute, celebrating <laughs> a wee goal. He looks like one of the one of the Fitbit tweets drawings in that, eh? Looks <laughs> <laughs> like a wee stick man. <laughs> that's a fucker actually Um, Alexander Mackay says the one in the top left of your montage where Big Yogi and Frank Sozzi went charging back to the Hibs end after the God's pile driver goal and I had 20 quid on them to win as a bonus happy night indeed that was was class that's up there for me Uh, Sozzi47062 says Gordon Hunter 1-0 I think probably our parents would, if you were to ask... That, that must be special, that one. That was the end of the 22 in a row. Run. And I tell you what, for a centre half as well, there's some fucking finish. And it also trips me out because the Hibs fans are in the Gorgie end. Yeah, and they're also in the Gorgie end of the main stand as well. Which is quite, quite trippy to see. Um... But fuck me, how do you say that? Fairyland Grasmere has said uh, the 7 0 game. Archie says the same, the one with Sean in it. But I think he's somehow managed to. He's cropped the photo, so you can't. Oh no, you can see Sean's trying to jump over the seats. That's it. There he is. Um, Martin Wilson says uh, just what you said, Sean. Gordon Hunter Derby 1 0. Only those that were there will know the sheer elation and relief of ending their 22-game unbeaten run. As much as I would want to experience that, obviously, because it, what what it meant, I wouldn't have liked to have experienced the other 22 before it. Do you know what I mean? Like, just give me that game in isolation. How many years was that? 
six, I think. Six, seven, that is six. That's fucking heavy, to be fair. 88 or 89 to 94 or 95. Well, we went, what, nearly 10. What, was it three years or something without beating them? It just was there? like, I mean, what, the nine, we got beat on the 10th. And it no, was like, I'm, no, just like when, when, I, when, just there, like after, just before Nisbet, Nisbet's derby. I kind of talked today, fuck's sake. was the last game. Aye, so it was like, what? So the, granted, they have a year in the championship. Ne- nearly three years then, what, two and a half years? And that was bad enough. Mm. No, no mention of the Ryden penalty either, which I was quite surprised about, considering how bad the team was that night. Yeah. And it was only half a stand as well. Yeah. I remember I watching it on the telly. Only half a stand? Yeah, we'd, we'd, we only sold about a thousand tickets that night, I think. We had really? like the two, maybe two and a half sections, like closest to the main stand, I and the rest Why was that? Because we were shy. Because we were shite, eh? That's mental. Usually we always sell it to Castle, no matter how shite we are. Nah, that like was a Because it's never on the fucking telly, that's how. The Lee Griffiths game, we never sold that one out either. That was three and a half sections, was it not? Yeah. It was a long never... time that we only got three and a half sections, though, Sean. No, for years we have two... I've only ever remembered us getting the full stand, but then if it's not been the full stand, it's because we've not sold it. Well, yeah. our, our like away fans are so much better these days than they were. I feel like we take so much more to away games now than we did even like sort of ten years ago. It went through a lull though, because I like the going home and away for so what ninety eight. I always felt we had a really big away support, and then after, I'd say up until about after when probably when John Collins left, in that period between Collins to what Stubbs. We're talking what eight years. It kind of it properly dipped, and you've seen that with the home crowds as well. Like we were getting like seven, eight thousand at home. Um, that was because our teams were absolutely which, dire. But without being boring as fuck as well, that's when the like the major financial crash happened. Mm. So that likely played a part in it as well. But cozy lives, mate. Cozy lives. Yeah. Um, Steve McKenzie says the Millennium Derby by a mile. Megan sent a photo of Megan. That's Megan. Yeah, that's Megan. Yeah, I wonder who that was. That's Megan Corrigan. Um, <laughs> a photo of Paul Hanlon. Uh, the Steve Archibald game for Stuart Big Stu, with honourable mention to Dean Shields game. Never felt the Roseburn stand shake as much as I did that night. That was class actually. Uh, Peter Keenan said apart from seven 0 and Benny Brazil says a sparky free kick in the top corner was decent. Ross corner. In the subsequent, it wasn't top corner. High B bounce was epic, but the Millennium Derby was tremendous. Taps happened in December. Seeing my mate who could only get a ticket for the hearts in sitting at the end was class. I, how could you How could you do that? Like, imagine Hibs scoring a scheme with a time pass and they're sitting in the home end. I know, mate. How would you? How would you be able to contain yourself um, watching the full stand going rad and you're just having to sit there like, oh, fuck 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 sake, oh no, hearts. <laughs> it'd be like that, uh, Aaron Fraser. Absolutely pathetic. <laughs> I would love fucking see, work up. I would love to see um, like the away end from the home end's perspective to see how the how good were the limbs and like the celebrations and all that, but only for a split second. Only like just see it and then go back to the away end. 
I wouldn't like to sit and, and be Hopefully jealous. someone takes a video on Saturday, eh? I know, but videos never do it justice, I feel. I feel like seeing it in real life is always so much better. Oh, well, to you be know fair, what? take a video. On TV, when you see it for videos as well, that Hearts Limbs at Easter Road <laughs> always actually look pretty good. Aye. Ah, oh, but again, not Easter Road. Aye, but what I mean is, like, in terms of how the limbs look, maybe because it's a split two tiers, like, you didn't get the full perspective at tiny because it's no it's because um the camera always catches it like they take tv cameras and the camera's always in the top of the west so they get like the full stand on the tv cameras and it just looks fucking class whereas when it's on tv at tin castle you always get like the only the bottom like few tiers like you never see the camera never pans out to the full away stand going absolutely mental whereas it does that easter road that's why it always looks so good i think so you got a point there to be honest mate so People even conspiracy theories. Their cameras have got it in for us. Aye, they hate seeing Hibs limbs. No. <laughs> I tell um, you what, if we'd got it over the line at the end of last season, that could have been up there with one of the best at Tin Castle. All things I considered. I know. I remember. I remember looking back after we'd scored that goal and just Mark going absolutely fucking tonto. <laughs> you spotted Jack in the crowd, eh? Jack and Dodsey in, in the Hearts end, and he was going fucking mental. Right, that it was, was so funny. I was, mate, I was blitzed. I was so okay. Same again on Saturday, though, mate. Nah, I'm sober in October, bro. Oh, yeah? All right, well, you can drive me home then. I'm just walking. Just walking there and back. Oh, you can drive me home afterwards? Hmm, probably not. I'll walk back to your house, you can drive me home. Cheers, mate. It's fucking miles away. <sighs> Come on, bro. Are you Are yeah. you going, Craig? I'm not sure yet. Oh, heard. come on. So is it just going to be me and fucking boring, sober Mark? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm hoping so. Um, got a couple of fires with a couple of irons burning in them uh, because I was logged on to the ticket site at 11.30 when they went on sale and they got released at 11.58 and I was too shite back to hit refresh during that intervening period because I was feared it would kick me off. So, yeah. Own fault. The, the ticketing system has actually been a little bit clunky this season. Own fault it? for uh, for not being a Tory and signing up to Hibs First. Not that um, there's anything wrong with being a Hibs First member and or a Tory, Mark. I'm not <laughs> I'm a liberal Democrat. <laughs> now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. Uh, listener questions this week, as always, we'll start with John. Uh, what's for dinner and how good has Jago been recently? Seeing as we've covered how good Jago's been recently, Liam, what's for dinner? I've got, well, since we come back from Turkey, we've not been for a big food shop, only a little food shop, so it's just ready meals in the fridge tonight. I feel so. like every time we ask Liam what he's having, he's living day to day and his ready meals. Yeah, I think Liam never, just needs to accept that you're never eating well. His <laughs> ready meals are a takeaway, mate. This is going to be the biggest big food shop that there's ever been. Mate, I'm not being funny. Mate, you I'm live like five minutes away from an Asda or a Sainsbury's. I do. I know yeah. I do. But, mate, going in the, the shops with the two bairns, so fucking, it's, it's, a, it's a riot. Mate, you can get it delivered to your door. And why are all four of you going to the shops? Well, because it's only me that drives. So just go yourself. I'm not going myself. I'm only I only go just because I like to pick up some biscuits and put them in a trolley. Megan's the one who does all the heavy thinking. You do the heavy carrying. 
I'm, I'm just one. I'm just the brawn, mate. I'm just the brawn. She's the brains. But yes, yeah, it's well, a ready meal. It's a spicy pasta. Sean will be delighted to hear. We're having plenty of that. Mark, what's on your plate tonight? Um, we are having paella with some flatbreads and some various dips, such as hummus and tzatziki. Very Mediterranean. What a step, what a step up for a fucking ready meal, eh? That's outstanding. Thanks. I'm fucking glad, to be honest. I want, I want to come to your house for dinner. Well, you can't. Well, sorry. Uh, Sean, what? Uh, I had a Thai green curry and it was rank. Oh, that's not great. Was that a ready meal? I, no, of course not. I had homemade chilli and it was absolutely outstanding. Oh, I like chilli as well. Yeah, I had a, had a wee burrito. I don't know if you'd call it a burrito, but basically my chilli and rice, I put it in a wrap and wrapped it up and ate it. I'll tell you what I had for lunch, though. But I went to the granary. I didn't stick it on the German. I just had it as it is. All right. I went to the granary at lunch at Leith and I had steak and chips. There it is. So that kind of makes up for the ready meal nonsense. Uh, John, John Tommy's thrown us a, a curveball here. What's for breakfast? What was for breakfast? Or what's for breakfast okay, tomorrow? What's for breakfast? I'm not a big breakfast guy, if I'm honest. Neither am I, I know really. that belies my size, but I'm not a huge breakfast fan. Sean, you're definitely a breakfast guy. A million percent. Yeah, I normally have two sandwiches or two toasted sandwiches filled with two bits of bacon in each, an egg in each, and about 100 grams worth of chicken, but I didn't have time to do that this morning. So For breakfast? For breakfast, but then I don't eat till dinner. So I'll fast between oh, right. whatever time I have that at until my dinner. That's fair Wait, so toast with bacon, egg and chicken? So overall it's four bits of toast, it's two eggs, it's four bits of bacon and a hundred grams worth of chicken. Two That's the weirdest breakfast I've ever heard in my life. And it's, it, it sets me right up. I didn't have it when I first wake up. I'll have it like a good two, two and a half hours after I wake up. So what would you so have? So which is what time? Like 10 o'clock? Half 10? Give or would take. You cook, if you're in the office, would you cook that? And then oh, no, no. Nah, if I'm going into the office, I'll either have like protein pancakes or I'll have scrambled egg or something if, if I'm in a position to get that made. I had Fucking hell, by the way. I'll tell you I what, Sean. I had two links sausage rolls this morning. You're a healthier guy than me. Can't I had for my breakfast this morning. I had a fucking Mars bar. <laughs> so you were going to say a ready meal. At about, at about 11 o'clock, I just went, I was in the office and there was Mars bars and Kit Kats and all that cooking about. I had a Mars bar. But I came what I do like for breakfast, and that is a big fat bowl of uh, Weetabix crispy minis, the chocolate ones. They're yeah, incredible. They're incredible. I've been having bagels recently. Bagels are class as well. Yeah. I like a bacon, egg and cheese. But a nice bacon bagel has been my um, been my favourite one recently. Stick um, it on the German. Melt that cheese. Colin, oh, did Liam enjoy his honeymoon? Don't care. It's a bit weird given that he's your son. <laughs> like, you should already know this, Colin. Um, he's asked me already. Yes, I did. Yeah, and you put three emojis at the end 
as well, Jay, the man for the Rangers job. You clearly think you're funny. I'm going to tell you right now, Colin, you're not. You're not <laughs> funny. Um, so yeah, that'll be that for you today, Danger Mouse. Okay, you just think about yourself for next week. Gab uh, Dick. Oh, here we go. Uh, do you think it's time to stop playing Jr? Um, no capital J on Jr there, Gab. Uh, in my I honest, have picture absolutely like, coming on day. Yeah, I feel like you've got it coming. I genuinely feel like you've got it coming. You really didn't want to bump into him. It's like having... To be fair, I seen this message earlier on and I was like, will I put it in the chat? Will I not put it in the chat? I read it and I was like, oh, Gav. Oh, so, Gav. I read it. Torn apart. I read it earlier and I thought, oh, that's that's a good one for Gav. Cheers, mate. And then I've seen the uses and it's just triggered me. Um, uh, Right, so stop playing here. It's like having ten minutes in so weak. Want the guy to do well, of course, but should be looking. Would should we be looking to get rid of him? One nil derby win. Levitt in brackets off the bench will smash one in from twenty five yards. I don't think we Gere, should get rid of Jer. Jer needs another cut though. If if it gets to January and he's had sufficient game time and he's still not contributed anything, then I think we can have that conversation. But not yeah. yet. No, not yet. Yeah, I think Monty obviously likes him. Monty sees something in him, so. I think what you've got to do is just trust the process at this moment in time. What um, type of game do you think that we need to see any of Dylan Levitt? Because he's not played a single job in recent weeks. Was he fit? Or at all. And he's been on the bench. He's been on the bench, he's been on so, the bench since uh, the Kilmarnock game. And he's not played a single minute. He's not came on at all. And he didn't he look like he was interested whatsoever when he got made to go around the park at full time on Saturday. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not the the two system definitely doesn't suit him. No. But what I did notice was that in the I forgot um, we signed him. Eh? When they do this new sort of crossing and shooting warm up eh, at the end of the warm up, he was in with the strikers doing finishing. So I don't maybe know if that going to be deployed as a ten, maybe rather than a six. Possibly. Which would absolutely trigger me if he was to play as a ten while wearing six. Yeah, but no, he, that is. It, it's triggering me that he's wearing number six anyway. Yeah. Um, Harvey Scott says thoughts on Fokker apparently booing at full time on Saturday. I thought it was uh, out of touch as it easily could have been four or five. No, I kind of touched on that already. Uh, the boo boys need to boo off, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion, I'm not representative of the Hip Rambles opinion. <laughs> um. Albert Street says, why is Naismith's face so punchable? I don't know, but it just as. Oh, mate, you wouldn't be tired of hitting it, would you? No. How many he's wee, he looks like a rat. Yeah, he's wee I also understand why Hearts fans are so frustrated with his interviews, because I listened to one last week and bloody hell, it was painful. Have you heard so the way he talks, though? Have you had, when he played, when he played, yeah, he, he, he spoke like down. a proper Ned. He talks and about he's... Billy McKay and uh, Lauren Shankland and uh, Cammy Devlin and uh, puts it on and uh, uh, it's just... He's like the Scottish Gary Barlow. That's what he yep. sounds like. Very fucking boring. Mm. There, was a, there, was one, there was one that I think he done. I think it was maybe when they were out in their pre-season tour and it kind of tried to clarify this whole McAvoy, Naismith, who's the manager, who's not. Uh, McAvoy wears a stopwatch on the bench, which I think tells you everything you need to know, given that he also wears an Apple Watch and there's also a clock at the side of the pitch that <laughs> tells you 
the time that the game's on. Um, but I remember watching it and tweeting something like, oh, this is inspiring as hell. If I was a Hearts fan, I'd be right behind us. And one of my mates bit, and he bit hard by trying to compare it to Johnson. At least we got a part out of Johnson. You're getting absolutely no part out of Naismith. Yeah. Um, James Kinnebara says, uh, how much does Lewis Miller deserve the chance to play for Australia against England and New Zealand during the next international break? Um, someone, should, um, someone should ask him that, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. it's probably... I think it's probably best to hear what Lewis thinks about that himself, to be honest. Um, and final question is from Billy Sterling, the King of the North. Thoughts on the derby once again being snubbed by Sky? Now, for me personally, it's going to piss me off if I don't get a ticket for Saturday. But if I do manage to get a ticket for Saturday, then thank God, like three o'clock on a Saturday for a derby is an absolutely sensational kickoff time. Yeah, it's brilliant. And obviously for Sean, Sean I don't really care. care for. I mean, I mean it's it's annoying eh, when it's not on the telly, but there's ways and means nowadays. <laughs> it is it is frustrating, but and it should always, regardless, it should be part of the contract that they're all on on the derbies, uh, or on the TV. Sorry, it just shows you how little scale about Scottish football. Though. The amount of poor derbies that have been on the TV, nil nils, borings, and you, you don't really get the magnitude of the game. You don't really get the importance of the fixture in those nil nils, I feel. Um yeah. not that I can understand why it's not getting picked. I was I had the the lovely fortune of standing in front of Luke Shanley at Aston Villa away and had a good chat with him about how it all works and stuff and it was a real eye opener for me from the other side of things. Well what did he say? He said things. Um and it, yeah some of the stuff that he was he was mentioning was really informative. Um it's just unfortunate that again it's it's not been picked. So what was was Luke Sa- was Luke Shanley just saying? At the end of the day, the only teams that we care about are Celtic and Rangers. Luke Shanley's a great guy. I know. I'm, I mean, he sounds like a great guy. That he is a he is a fantastic guy. Was a representative of Sky, surely? And you can guarantee. You can guarantee that they've managed to be Sky's uh, reporter at Tynecastle on Saturday for Soccer Saturday. He was down to Memphis football over there. He was down to Leicester, eh? So yeah, I've seen sure. him a few away games in the past. Looks all right. Good lad. Yeah, but anyway, that'll be it for us for tonight. We've got um, Instagram but... questions as well, Craig. Oh, sorry, so we do, yep. And we've actually both. had a DM from Scott McIntosh as well, from Amaru, so let's oh, have you. Oh, again, my notifications are coming through. Sorry, lads. No, it's okay, mate. Uh, Don't worry about it. See, just while you're while you're pulling them up, Greg, can I just give a little shout out to Barry Wilkins and Pilot Beer for sending us all out um, a four pack of their 23-24 special edition Hibs beers. Uh, there is none in here because I've drank them all. Um, they were absolutely delicious. So Mine's a big thank you to. Eh? I've not actually tried them yet. Mine's are still in the fridge. Well, I had uh, a good time we win at the weekend. Yeah, go down very well. I've drank them all, but no, a massive thanks to to Barry and Pilot Beer for sending them out for us because they were all absolutely tremendous, and I've very much enjoyed them. And I'll probably go and get myself some more. Yeah, yeah. Echo those sentiments exactly. Thanks, Barry. I've not tried it yet, but like I said, um, well, Sean said. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get um, 
the get a chance to the cans looked fantastic as well. The cans the looked unreal, really. The box itself is fucking sensational. Massive fan of the box. See, when it came through um, the door, I was like, oh, I've drunk order, I pay the trainers. But <laughs> no, I've not. I, f- I forgot that Barry was sending them out for us. Thought it was a two strike DHK special. I was, I was hoping some case less off the of DHK. Uh, Liam L. 1875 on Instagram. How do you think we will do this season under Montgomery and who do you think we will sign in January? Do you know what, mate? We'll come back to that. Um, we've got the international break coming up, so that's probably a good chance for us to look at where we've came for the start of the season and what we can look to towards January. So we'll keep that in reserve for next week or the week after. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, I'm incredibly excited. Yeah, uh, Patrick Riley says, do you think we will win the Derby the, the this weekend or at least get a point? Sean thinks we're going to fucking annihilate them. Me and Liam, again, will be shit fair to fart in case we follow through. So <laughs> that'll Absolutely. give you an idea of how we're all feeling. Um, Rudy said, didn't watch the game, so depending on news for analysis, who was our best player and who would you stay with the same lineup as we saw on Saturday? Again, I think we've said that we'll probably a beat up for Stevenson's the only one. Um, and Jago, for me, was the best player in the Hibs jersey. Yeah, same. But I, I just want to echo what Liam said earlier about Marshall. He'd done nothing all game, but had two big saves and he pulled them uh, off. Well. Can I just say that it wasn't me that said that? It was Mark. Well, I can't take Mark, credit for that, I'm afraid. Mark's died and gone, so you'll get the credit for it now, Liam. I don't want all to right. take the credit for that. Mark's my friend. Uh, and the last one we've got is from Jake Nicholson. Not a question, but he's saying that he couldn't go, uh, but we'll be watching from home singing loud and clear for the cabbage. Um, and then we'll, we'll round off with uh, our resident Jambo pal, Scott McIntosh from uh, Amarusa Let's It Run on Twitter. I think I've said I've sort of worked with Scott in the past. He's for one of them, he's a good guy. Um, but he said, Take your uh, "Does Montgomery need to tweak his system to acknowledge that Hearts will press more aggressively compared to the side's base so far in his reign? Does Campbell or Levitt need to come in to provide another midfield option to help break the lines?" I don't and think so. Back on what I was saying earlier about the system and the change of system, I'm very intrigued to see what tweaks, if any, he does make. Because, as I said earlier, I think Hearts will try and shock us very early in, in press. But it'll get to the point where if they don't succeed very early with that, I think they could then naturally maybe fall back out of fear of the four or five very, very strong attacking threats that we have catching them on the counter. And they're not going to want to leave any gaps for the likes of Boyle or Yuan to run into when you've got somebody who has a 90-plus percent you know, shot conversion rate, and you've got someone either like Dodge or Adam LaFondre up top. So I'm very yeah. curious to see how the first half, especially, pans out. Full time, nil nil. <laughs> An absolute nap, isn't it? But nil-nil. cheers for that, Scott. Um, hopefully, you'll be listening in next week and we'll be celebrating and you'll be uh, landing your bed in tears. But we'll, <laughs> we'll wrap up for the night. Um, as always, catch us on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, YouTube, the Hibs Ramble. Um, normally at this point, we'd say enjoy your week and we'll be back next week. However, we will be back on Thursday. 
morning. So get your bells on. Yeah, the notification bell ping for YouTube. Get that on. Get your oh, on if you get the for some people. Depends on where they're located in the world. It will be Thursday evening by the time it yes. comes up. Yeah, so Greenwich Mean Time. Other side of the world. Greenwich Mean Time. Um, we will... What could you be talking about? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Thursday will be a good eye, Mike. From everybody at the Ramble. We'll what's, leave that what's with What's that meant to mean? Wow. Who knows? Who knows? I could be skipping ahead of myself here. Let me just get these. Let me just get these juicy thighs out for everyone to see. Um, something about Australia. Yeah. Oh, cheer, Liam, you. I couldn't have guessed if you hadn't have said that. I fucking give it away, haven't I? Yeah, and ironically, no. Sean, not like the picture behind me. gave it away for the whole episode for those Sean, watching on there. Uh, I thought that was the time bridge. Sean's been sat in front of the Time Bridge all night. <laughs> oh no, wait, actually, he's in front of Paul Gascoigne's coming on the bridge. Hmm, Sydney Harbour Bridge, Australia. What possibly could that mean? Tune in at 10 o'clock on Thursday morning to find out. Cheers for listening. Cheers. And I'm better. Let's get ready to rumble.